the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome to summer, right? Boy, it's really beautiful outside today. Absolutely gorgeous, 82 degrees as we speak right now. Kath, good to see you. Uh, you are dressed summer-like as well. I felt like I had to, John. Yeah, right. I mean, I just felt like if I wasn't fully embracing it, then, you know, what was the point? Right. I mean, out with the flannel, right? Yeah, exactly. 100%. You know what I did? You know, I, I, you know, I had the day off yesterday. My... um. I was remembering my cousin, Scott Donald, who passed away. Um, and after I got back from the funeral last night, John, you know how you come back from an event like that and you, you don't feel right about sitting down to watch TV. You're sure. not going to read a book. You know, it's just like, there are a lot of things to process because Scott was such a great person. Um, so I decided I'd clean out my closet. Okay. That's healthy. <laughs> I thought Scott might appreciate that. He was a very <laughs> industrious person and maybe he would say, yeah, good job, Kath. Anyway. <laughs> I took everything that had even the hint of a woof, like either a wool or anything, and I pushed mm. it as far away from the front of my closet as I could. That's I mean, I buried feeling. that stuff in the back. Right. I'm not going back to that. I don't even care if it gets cold. I'm not going back. Yeah. I mean, that's a full commitment to summertime. But on April 27th, you think you'd be fairly safe, right? You you would like to think that no. this would be the moment to just step forward. Right. However, it was snowing last week, I believe, at this time. I don't think so that I need you to remind me of that. You never, but. You never know, but I, I do, I do believe. Summer, I think, or at least spring in all its earnestness and beauty and flowering fully has arrived here in Western Pennsylvania. Say, so, uh, as we always do, we get underway with the show. Let's look at the news stories for the day. And Kath, as you do, please give us the top four at four. Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. Number one. India reported more than 300,000 new confirmed COVID cases for the sixth day in a row today as the country continues to battle a brutal wave of illness that's overwhelmed its healthcare system. According to today's Washington Post, medical facilities in India, especially in the larger cities, have been under incredible strain from the flood of patients as the number of cases skyrocketed in the past few weeks under the pressure of new, more virulent variants and relaxed restrictions. Hospitals in some cities have stopped admitting patients amid a desperate scramble for oxygen, ventilators and medicines. In some hospitals, patients have died after limited oxygen supplies ran out. Pray for the people of India. Number two, speaking of COVID-19, Michigan continues to be the current national hotspot here for infections and hospitalizations at a time when more than half of the U.S. adult population has been vaccinated and other states have seen the virus diminish substantially. According to Fox News, doctors, medical pros and public health officials point to a number of factors that explain how the situation has gotten so bad in Michigan. More contagious variants, especially the mutation first discovered in Britain, have taken root in Michigan, 
with greater prevalence than in other states. Residents have emerged from all of the state restrictions that we all hated so much, of course, on dining and crowd sizes. Many people abandoned mask wearing and social distancing, especially in rural northern parts of the state that had largely avoided outbreaks in the past. The state has also had only average vaccine compliance. Michigan has recorded highest in the nation numbers over the last two weeks. By comparison, listen to this, John. They've had more cases there than California and Texas combined. You think how gigantic those states are. Yeah, yeah. Population wise and geographically speaking. All right. Number three. Finally, some good news. The president and top U.S. health officials are expected to announce new recommendations for fully vaccinated individuals, including a possible easing of mass restrictions outdoors. Because, come on, let's do this. okay, people, according to today's New York Times, Dr. Anthony Fauci characterized the risk of infection to a vaccinated individual outdoors as minuscule. I say it again, minuscule. The Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra said on CBS This Morning he hopes the new guidelines will incentivize people to get vaccinated. He says this, quote, the message is clear. You're vaccinated. Guess what? You get to return to a more normal lifestyle. If you're not vaccinated, you're still a danger and you're still in danger as well. So go get vaccinated. Number four. After a day off, both the Pens and Pirates are back at it tonight. The second place Bucks, did you hear that? Second place Bucks welcome the red hot Kansas City Royals to PNC Park, and the first place Pens host the Bruins at the PPG Paint. First pitch at 6:35, and puck drop at seven. And that is your top four. Top four. Nice. All right. So, uh, good news is things are loosening up, right? I mean, yeah, they they are here, not in Michigan. Yeah, well, the mask and thing. Good thank goodness. I mean, I just want to I walk mean, around outside. Of them. Yeah, right. I'm walking past somebody or whatever. I, uh, I don't know. It's good news. It's, it's good news cool. all around. It's great news, and I like that word minuscule that Dr. Fauci used. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, uh, there's a lot to, to take in there. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't even day. say anything about the fact that the Bucks are in second place. Didn't well, you, aren't you going to fuss over that at all? No, not really, because here's the deal. Depending upon the, what the, uh, you know, the division is, you're only as good as the people that are around you. The, 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 the Central Division this year, it's kind of a Met division. So the, kind of, the Pirates, I think they're at 500. They're Met in a Met division. It's not as though they're like you know 16 and 2 or something like that. We'll see as the season goes on. Uh, believe me, I'm thrilled. To save 500, the, Bi- the Pirates are playing at 500 baseball. Yes, go mediocrity. Oh, great. Happy okay, to have great. That. Okay, great. Thrilled. Listen, the games are interesting to watch. It's a fun a- team, don't you think? It's a fun thing. Uh, the fun bullpen's team. top five in the league. Yeah, as long as they're not playing seven inning games and thinking that seven innings is a full baseball I game. I hate that. It's not. Okay, I absolutely. You know, I heard Jim Leland on another network, as they say, over the weekend, talking about the fact that he was okay. with He likes the seven inning thing. Guys are. Yeah, well, sure how? Are. Well, well, I mean, no I, to, I can't argue with Jim Leland. I no, can't right. say, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Exactly. But I feel like, like as a fan, that's not baseball. No, it's you're two innings shy of a full game, I believe. So he likes it. He says it moves things along fast. He likes well, starting. Yeah. He likes the runner starting at second too. That's horrible. Yeah, it's little. I don't mind that one as much as I mind the seven inning. I despise all of it. <laughs> I do truly. <laughs> Just play baseball the way baseball is supposed to be played, like it's been played for the last hundred and fifty years. Just play it like that, would you please? Okay. All right. Yeah, sorry. Got a little snarky there. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We've been talking about the church. Well, what is the church? What does that mean when we say that? The church. John Kessler is with us next. A very particular story about his life in the church. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. It's First Christian Talk. 101.5 WORD. This week, Chuck Swindoll delivers a compelling message on dealing with demons. 
Do not live your life afraid of demonic influence. Do not fear the dark. As a child of God, you are equipped with what you need to do battle against the enemy. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll recounts a miraculous moment when Jesus cast out demons. This week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Hall. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new MySlippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Remember to use promo code WORD. The world has changed a lot over this past year. If you are turning 65 or currently on Medicare, Assurance can help you get confidence in knowing you have the health care coverage you need. Chat with a licensed insurance agent for a free no-obligation Medicare Advantage plan consultation with Assurance at 1-833-381-1599. That's 1-833-381-1599 or Assurance.com slash radio. Together, Assurance can help recommend a Medicare Advantage plan that's right for you. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient's safety and our team member's safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Eden Christian Academy in the North Hills, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. in the pandemic year that we are still finding ourselves in, I think a lot of people, committed Christians, go, yeah, I haven't been to service in a long time. And uh, I wonder how things are with my brothers and sisters. And yeah, I miss them, but uh, I'm okay here. I'm okay uh, on Sunday. I like going to church in my pajamas. Yeah. Sunday morning, you know, uh, the church is cool. Uh, I'm good. So why do we really need the church? Uh, That's a good and worthy question, I believe, as you know, all things need to be examined properly especially as we're going to work our way back into the church. So why do we need the church? Well, Dr. John Kessler is back with us. John's a regular guest in our show. He's a writer, contributing editor for the Moody Bible Institute publication called Today in the Word, where John served for 25 years as a faculty member. John Kessler's latest book is called Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. But the question is asked, why we need the church? I would say it's a question. John, thanks for being with us. Good to do both. How are you guys doing? 
Good, yeah. John. Yeah, we're well we're healthy and strong. Yeah, how about yourself? And, and yeah, how are you doing, COVID wise? Oh, I'm uh, COVID free so far. Got my right. shots and uh, excellent. You know, now I can breathe all the air I want. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and breathe means. it out on other people too. Yeah. Let's not get carried That's away. Right. John. You're gonna go out running wild, yeah. John, aren't you? I don't want Dr. Fauci to come down hard on us. Uh, All right. So, John, uh, maybe four years ago, uh, we did a series here on the show on the ride home called Conversion. And we had all sorts of different guests come and tell the story about how they came to know and believe in Jesus. And you were one of those people, John. And, I, you know, it was we loved that series. That's probably Mm -hmm. my favorite thing we've ever done. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, simply because, you know, so many of our guests like you, we've known for so long, but we didn't know that initial story of how yeah. you came to faith. And so as as John asks the question, why church matters, you're an interesting case study because you didn't grow up in the church, John. Uh, talk about no, that, that yeah. conversion story and how and and what, you know, what, what you're what you thought about what a church was before you became a believer. I grew, yeah, I grew up in what we would today we would call an unchurched home. I, I just thought of it as normal. And um sure. And I, I did go to church a few times. You know, I had some friends who who went to church, and but but our family really, I probably could count on one hand the number of times I went in the you know the first maybe you know sixteen seventeen years of my life. And then uh, I after I graduated from high school, I I was interested in I was trying to started to get interested in spiritual things. You know, this was like the the seventies and that yeah. people were doing a lot of exploring. So I started to read the new Testament and that really captured my attention. And, and I, that brought me to the point where I put my trust in Christ. I was particularly compelled by the story of Jesus calling the disciples to follow him. And I, and I wanted to be a follower of Jesus. What it didn't dawn on me at the time that church was part of the package. You know, I, I mean, I didn't even really think about it as something that I really needed because I had the Bible and I had Jesus. And, you know, I started to meet some Christians uh, at this little coffee house near where I lived. And they were the, they were the ones who first invited me to church. And at, at initially I was really kind of uh, nervous about it, you know, because every, everybody was kind of anti-establishment back in those days. And, you know what? What could be more establishment than church, right. really? To in that mindset, but number one, uh, uh, they showed me from scripture that it was, you know, it was part of the Christian life that the Bible tells us to assemble together, not to forsake assembling together. And then, as I as I studied the Bible more, and as I grew in my faith, I realized that. It's a it's a fundamental part of who I am in Christ because when I came to Christ, when I trusted in Christ, part of what happened not only was I joined to Christ by faith, I was joined to every other believer. You know that's the, Paul the term Paul used to describe it as the body, the body of Christ. So uh, I so I started to go to church and. Um, you know, not not always with enthusiasm, but <laughs> on the whole, you know, I realized that it really is. It's really an, an essential part of my walk with God that I really, I need the church. Yeah. Not always with enthusiasm. Yeah, I John. want to hear more about that. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I think that's pretty common, right? I mean, for a lot of people, they go, and like you, John, look, I've got Jesus. 
I've got my uh-huh. Bible. Uh, those people at church, they're going to want something. They're a pain. In the, they're a little crazy. Uh, you know, Wait, fill in and the John, blank. And John said in the article he didn't like the music. <laughs> no, right. So, no, well, that was, you know, initially the whole thing just seemed a little weird to me, you know, given given my background. Now, okay, no, wait, what, okay, but what's what seemed weird about it? Like, you know, since I grew up in the church, I need to get more in your in your mindset. What you walked in, you were <laughs> okay. what, what was weird? Well, first of all, you know, you know, what we used to actually the word means something different today, but the way we used to describe everybody was so straight, you know, because I was a. <laughs> You know, I was a freak, basically. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, and, and, and I think I could tell also, I kind of scared a few people, you know, just, just by the way I looked, actually. I wasn't really, right. you know, really living a really extreme lifestyle, but, you know, but everybody's just, you know, they all, like, they just all seemed so clean cut, and, you know, they didn't listen to the kind of music that I listened to, and so, I, and so I, I could, yeah, I felt like I had a lot of rough edges, which I did. You know, yeah. I did have a lot of rough edges, and you know, that was one of the uh, one of the beauties of it was people accepting me uh, uh, despite that. You know, and you know that was part of what helped me to stay. At the same time, you know, we have to admit that the, the church was changing at that time too. That the music was changing. You know, and they were they were becoming more churches. Were, were becoming more accepting of unusual people because of what we called back then, the, you know, the counterculture movement, where you this, you had this large movement of people coming to Christ out of that out of that background, you know, Jesus freaks, yeah. and uh, so, that that affected a lot of people and a lot of churches. So, John, you walk into service and you look like you've just come off the road from a bus and truck company of Jesus Christ superstar, <laughs> right? Right? Uh, right, yeah. But are you saying then, I mean, the idea that you just show up and keep showing up until something weird feels, if not normal, I mean, pretty regular. Yeah, you, you learn the secret handshake, basically, what it is, you know, I mean, really what it means, what, what it comes down to is, you know, you begin to understand the Bible better. So what the preacher is saying starts to make more sense. You know, you understand it better. You do understand all the secret code, you know, because it is true that churches, they all have their own personality and they have their own language. You know, they, they have all their, uh, uh, you know, their terms that they assume everybody knows what that means, you know. And so there is, a, there is an adjustment typically on the part of anybody who comes into that environment. And if it's a good church where the word is being preached and, and people are, you know, trying to walk in faith and trying to be a community of believers, uh, then people are ministering to you and you're ministering to them and you grow, you know, and, uh, it's not perfect. That's what I mean. Not always with enthusiasm. You know, there there are always rough spots. Sure. Sometimes you don't like the preaching. Sometimes you don't like the people. But the the the, the reality is the way the Bible describes it is you are bound together with them. You're knit together with them, just as you're joined to Christ, so that their well-being influences your well-being. That is, God has. God has gifted you so that you can contribute value to them just as they contribute value to you as people, as people exercise their spiritual gifts and 
care for one another. And uh, it's the way God designed it. He designed it so that we would be dependent on one another. Yeah. Dr. John Kessler is with us. Um, his brand new book is called Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. Um, you know, John, one of the things that I uh, have been saddest about, and there have been a lot of things to be sad about during the COVID era, but um, I go to a church that is on a university campus. And so one, you know, the main focus of our church, other than, you know, caring for community and loving one another is reaching out to university students. And, you know, COVID just completely put the kibosh yeah. on that. And and so what makes me what has made me so sad is I feel like we've got, uh, you know, a a, um, a couple classes of students all across the United States who who have not associated church attendance with going to college. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a hard habit to break. Yeah, and that's always a real issue in for college in college life. I think you know for you know, for believers in particular, you know, I think unbelievers that they don't they're not even really thinking about it anyway. But for often you know young Christian young people who go to college, they're on the, they're kind of disrupt. You know, they're not in their normal context. They're not their normal church if they if they go to church regularly. The places that they go and the campus often doesn't it doesn't feel like home to them and that and i see you know i went to a bible college i i taught at a bible college and often saw that with students that sometimes it would take them it could take them a couple of years even you know those who really were working at it before they could find before they found a place where they really fit in and of course now with this everything being so uh you know you start at the beginning of the segment you talked about how things have changed, you know, with this virtual experience. And I, and I do think some of us are starting, you know, there are aspects of it we feel like, oh, I, I kind of like this. You know, I can criticize a sermon in the pastor if you hear me or something like that. That, that for some, some of us are really missing church, and then some of us are thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not missing it that much. And that really can be, that may be a problem for us, you know, when we come out of this. To, to really go back to a, a more healthy uh, uh, lifestyle where church is concerned, because church by nature is an embodied experience. It's not a virtual experience. It, 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 you know, it is. There's a reason the Bible describes it as an assembly, and you really cannot do church online. It's just not possible to do it and, and to do it faithfully. Yeah, and, and John, I think, you know, just like life— Church, one of my kids, you know, he calls it cringy, right? There are a lot of cringy yeah. moments in church. Yeah. And that's the truth. I mean, it is. Life is yeah. cringy and church has kind of magnified the cringiness. But yeah, but, why, but also one of the responsibilities of people who go to church or people who are church leaders is we want to do our best not to to make church as cringe less as we can. You know what I mean? Well, I, I actually think that's part part of the dynamic of church is be cringy and in, in this sense that you know I, I used to say to people i think every church ought to have pews because you can't get into a pew without stepping on someone's feet you know and 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 that's like that's the essence of church life that, that yeah, i think good, that's John. one of the things that paul says is that, that god has designed the church so that all, each member would have the same care for one another and that he's place believers in the church so that even those who seem to have no value 
actually do have value so that, you know, that cringy life together where we're struggling with one another, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, that's the energy that God uses through the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the laboratory for growing in grace and growing to be more like Christ and learning how to care for one another. Right. Now, so you you may have just stumbled upon a hipster church's new marketing campaign yeah. titled <laughs> Cringy Life Together. Right. Yeah. I think I just got my next book title. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Hey, listen, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being yeah, with us. Um, your transparency and uh, blessings to you and yours. And I uh, hope you go out and you're around people and take out that mask and uh, you're right. free. You're free to live. <laughs> That's right. Good to talk to you both. Okay, great to talk to you, John. John Kessler, a regular guest on our show, and uh, he's got a brand new work that we love, um, Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. And listen, I just found out last night that John and I have, uh, we share one of our favorite TV shows in common. John Kessler? Yep. Really? What is that? Mm -hmm. A Fringe. Uh, Oh. Sci-fi show. Leo, if you're listening, I know you're on board with us. So take a quick break, come back. We're going to talk about uh, Apple and their new privacy settings, the war with Facebook, and what all that means for you and I as we click away. Stay with us. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through june 30th all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windows that is windows we've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Pre-pandemic, a group of authors and songwriters explored God's faith to women. 25 women together. Now, it's the first time to be visually blessed by the experience. Compassion Live presents Faithful, a live stream event with Amy Grant, Ellie Holcomb, Christy Knuckles, and more. Come join this historic, creative event May 1st, 7 p.m. Central. Faithful, a live stream event Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tickets and information at wordfm.com. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. Ask a 
Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov slash EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be mild with a low of 63. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. Very warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon at a high of 84. Tomorrow night will be mild with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Low 60. A thick cloud cover Thursday with a couple of showers at a thunderstorm and a high of 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. If you own and use an iPhone, big news. Apple announced last week and rolling out this week the launch of their new operating system. It's uh, dubbed 14.5, but Apple's iOS 14.5 update is a big deal for privacy. That's because of a new feature called App Tracking Transparency, ATT, which makes it clear which apps are tracking you on your phone as you use other apps and visit websites like Facebook. So in iOS 14.5, you will be notified every time an app wants to track you and you will have to grant permission for it to, to continue to do so. I mean, it's a, a game changer for iPhone privacy simply because it makes people aware that they are being tracked and gives them the choice to opt out. Now, previously, many people didn't know or didn't care about the invasive tracking that allowed advertisers to see where you have interacted with, you know, whomever, Facebook, Twitter, name it. But now you know, and so it's in your control to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Kath, makes yeah. sense to you, yeah? Oh, yeah, oh, it totally makes sense to me. Um, it, it, now, here's the thing. For, for people who are listening to the program and, and they're saying, you know what, you've been able to do this for years if you just knew where to go on your iPhone. I know that. That's true. Um, but what's better about this is that it's front and center. Right. So that you can, it's, it's not something that you have to go and dig for. Um, a lot of people probably weren't aware that they could control their privacy settings on their phone, right. but this is going to make even the person who never thought about privacy settings, think about privacy settings. That's why it's such a big deal. Yeah. I think it's really good news, right? Because look, I'm people, you know, they're all making money off you and you're, they know everything about you. So at least it's a, I'm not saying it's like the be all and end all. It's a right. modicum it's of not. control. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here is why Facebook is so annoyed by this. Well, there are several different reasons why you can probably imagine <laughs> yeah. a lot of reasons why Facebook is annoyed with this, but what they're saying um, out loud is that there are lots of little tiny companies that use those targeted ads to make their income. And this is so Facebook's argument. this is Facebook's argument. Yeah. So and so if guy. you're right. And so, right. So if you're going to, you know, cancel these privacy settings or you're going to promote these privacy settings, then you're going to take away the ability of these little companies to make their money. So mm -hmm. if you've, you know, if you've bought something little on Instagram, um, 95%, I will tell you right now, the things I've purchased on Instagram have been a bad idea. <laughs> really? So that's a personal thing. Okay. Um, 
but they're saying that those companies are so small that if they have to actually pay to find customers, as opposed to going the targeted route that they're going to fold. Mm-hmm. Well, so fa- Facebook sounds like all of a sudden it's like they're oh. the altruistic, oh. like defender of the small man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, Facebook. get out of here. Really? Right? <laughs> Facebook also has a lot to lose from it because they get a cut of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it's the it's essentially the battle of the uh, the titans, right? Yeah, Tim I mean, Cook like, and Mark who, Zuckerberg. Like who, who am I going to feel badly for? No like, one. oh, cry me a river, both no, of they, you. They own you. They own you. So it's a little tiny crack, a little you know chink in the wall here. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we're going to talk next with reasons to believe chimera. What's a chimera? Oh, it sounds real cute, doesn't it? Part monkey, part human. It's really weird. It's Frankenstein, and it is here in our lives. That conversation next. 101.5 WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Jesus Christ humbled himself in this fashion. Here is God, now in the appearance of human flesh, dying like a criminal. You talk about humility. Who of us has any right to boast about anything? In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 830 on 101.5 WORD. Heading into spring, I've been spending a lot of time pondering, analyzing, and debating something extremely important to men and even many women. And that's whether a new driver would improve my golf game. I would say I'm somewhere between embarrassing and appalling at golf. But man, do I love it. And all my buddies show up with these epic flash, big Maverick Bertha drivers. And I can't help but feel like they've got this massive advantage on me and my persimmons. It's Ryan. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're proud to have a pretty special advantage ourselves. And one that can be a big deal for you. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Which means our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. And this advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We're much better at mortgages than I am at golf. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica born and, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of south coast, coast tax we would like to thank our lord for protecting us from evil psalm 91 states he is my refuge and my fortress for he will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease south coast tax are christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies wage garnishments and filing complex tax returns we are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results we are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176.
the the evolution in scientific advance. You know, we're perfect examples of how much we love it, right? You know, John and I were just talking in our last segment about vaccines and, you know, um, John and I have each had one vaccine up to this point, super pumped to get the second one. Um, and so, you know, we rejoice in that because we know like we've lived through the last year and a half and I don't want to stay in my spare room for the rest of my career. <laughs> However, um, there's a fine line, right, between um, extolling the virtues of science and feeling incredibly grateful for the advances of so many brilliant people um, who've pushed that study forward and just weirdo stuff, stuff that is just beyond the bounds of what's ethical and right. Um, John yesterday on the air was talking about reading Frankenstein, which is a book that was penned and I think it was released in 1818. And, um, you know, Frankenstein is written by Mary Shelley, and she was, you know, <laughs> she was confronting the exact same thing that we're confronting today, which is how far is too far? I mean, when you've got a situation where you've got um, an embryo that's part human and part monkey, is that too far? I mean, my answer is yes. I mean, that that's messing with something that is fundamentally sacred. I mean, I think even I, I'm guessing that even people who don't necessarily have a God in their life, there's something inside them that thinks that that might be going down a dangerous road. I mean, right. you know, we've all seen Terminator, right? You know, we've all seen, you know, the road or, you know, name your, your favorite, you know, uh, end of the world scenario, um, or end of the world, um, exposition. But so we've seen that and we think, okay, so our addiction to technology, um, is one thing and, but our acceptance of other areas, especially when it comes to the biological sphere of science, I don't know. That's something that just, I feel like you just have to know when to say no. Okay. Now, I recognize that there are people around the world who don't subscribe to the same system of belief that I have. So I'm not saying that everybody should do what I do. But I am saying that there needs to be a consistent ethical conversation about things like this. And, you know, an embryo that's part monkey and part human, I feel like deserves a lot of conversation. It surely does deserve a lot of conversation. But it feels as though that, you know, this is Pandora's box that the medical ethicists amongst us, right, those men and women who are the gatekeepers, this has been a slippery slope now for been, yeah. you know, a decade or more, and this is the latest sort of, what, horror. I would call it a horror show. Like, I, I talked about and this we, a little bit, Catherine, and, you were yeah, here today. About right, I know. I brought it. I actually heard you on the air, and I, and I was thinking about how the, um, like, the end of, we hope we all know what happens at the end of Frankenstein, <laughs> It right? doesn't like, end well. It doesn't end well, right? Um, because, yeah, because the, the monster is unstable. Um, he was created for nefarious purpose and has, even if he was created for good purpose, it has the, the um, irreducibility of humanity is shown in the disaster that's been created. I'm into that. F Dr. Fuzz Reina is with us right now. Fuzz Reina is vice president of research and apologetics at Reasons to Believe. Here to talk to us about this chimera. Fuzz, welcome to the show. Hey, John, Kathy, thanks for having me. Pleasure. All right. So it's weird. Fuzz, before you came on the air, I was saying that, you know, we're so thankful for science in a myriad of ways. John and I have each had a shot, you know, a vaccine. We're super excited about it, looking eagerly looking forward to the second one. Um, and so, you know, we call a lot of scientists like you friends and greatly appreciate the work that you do. But there heroes. just seems, yeah, heroes for sure. 
But there has to be a, a moment of conversation when we're talking about the combining of a monkey embryo and a human embryo. Oh, most definitely. I mean, it, this raises all kinds of really serious, you know, ethical questions and raises questions about, you know, are there really boundaries that we've now crossed when we've done this type of work? Right. Okay, so Fuzz, give us the background. I mean, why would something like this be allowed to produce uh, and take place in the first place? Clearly, someone thinks this is a good idea. There has to be a silver lining in this, maybe? Yeah, well, you know, the, the people that do this work uh, would have, a, a, obviously, a worldview that's very different from ours uh, as Christians, but the, their purposes are ultimately noble for the most part. And, you know, these these chimeras uh, are being created as a way to get some basic understanding about how stem cells behave, how embryos develop in the very earliest stages. People think that these... Uh, types of chimeras could be really useful for drug dis- discovery and for modeling human diseases where instead of using an animal model, you use an animal model that's been humanized with some human cells and, and human tissues. And then some people think that these chimeras may one day be useful as a source of organs for transplants because, you know, currently people die you know, waiting for organs, you know, for transplant procedures. So there's reasons why people want to pursue this work that has some nobility that that undergirds it. But you have to ask the question, you know, does the ends justify the means? Right. So then what does that look like? Um, How far along are these chimeras? Now, right now it's a Petri dish, right? So far from true flourishing as a species, I don't even know what you could call it, the chimera, but um, soon and very soon, this variant will be alive in this world? Yeah, well, you know, uh, at this point, the, the, the technology for developing chimeras is really very much in its uh, primitive state. And so uh, these particular human monkey chimeric embryos survived for about 20 days in the lab before they essentially died. And so people have serious questions if you could actually get these chimeras to live much longer than that, because in a sense, you had cells from two very different species. And, you know, there's difference, genetic differences, there's differences in the process of embryonic development. And so some people are concerned that you're never going to be able to truly overcome those differences. And so this may be mm-hmm. where things where things begin and end. But who knows? I mean, the one thing about biotechnology is never safe ever because somebody comes up with an approach and suddenly, you know, a revolution takes place in our capabilities. So who knows where this could lead? Yeah. Dr. Fazran is with us. We're talking about um, the the combining of a monkey embryo and a human embryo, and the you know the ethical dangers that present themselves there. Um, Fuzz, before you came on, I was talking about you know uh, the stories that you know are in Western culture that kind of 
probe the depths of what a mistake like this could mean. We talked about Frankenstein, we talked about uh, the Terminator. Um, you know, those are just the first two that popped into my head. But it's not that this is like the first moment that humans have realized that there could be a danger when science goes too far. Um, but the, I guess I'm a little saddened that those stories haven't produced more like serious, you know, ethical uh, discernment when it comes to a, a moment like this. Yeah, you know, and, and this is the, the thing that's interesting to me about bioethics today is that instead of bioethics really asking the questions, should we or should we not, you know, and if we should, what are the parameters? More often than not, bioethics is about laying out what the ethical issues are and, and really stopping at that point where there's very little genuine ethical deliberation, you know, towards some kind of decision. And so this work was actually to the credit of the scientists. Uh, they were working with bioethicists who actually published a paper alongside their paper in, in the journal Cell, again, laying out kind of the ethical considerations. But for the most part, again, people are saying these are the issues, but then stopping there. And, and, and so to me, I'm really disappointed in what I see uh, as bioethics today, at least secular bioethics, because there's doesn't seem to be this capacity or this willingness to say no to things, but rather how can we maneuver around in such a way to justify doing anything that we want to do, you know, uh, without any kind of concern or, or circumspection about what this, this work could actually lead to. Yes. With Dr. Fuzz Reina from Reasons to Believe, where he is vice president of research. Fuzz is the author of several books, including Who Was Adam and Creating Life in the Lab. So, Fuzz, um, you know, it's one thing to talk about it from a, a Western uh, New York ethical, a Western um, new, new perspective here in this country. But what about other countries, you know, who tend to be more outlaw-ish, whether it's China or Russia? Their ethical standards are even more, more extreme than ours. Yeah, and, and that's an excellent point, and, and that's part of the problem with emerging biotechnologies across the board is that many of these technologies, again, can serve good purposes, but they can also be abused and can lead to unintended consequences that could be catastrophic. And it's one thing for you know scientific organizations to issue, publish guidelines, for governments to issue regulations. But those regulations and guidelines are only as good as people's willingness to actually adhere to them. And there's so many ways to, to move or to circums uh, to, to to navigate around those guidelines. Yeah. And and then and then you have countries like China or Russia, for example, that see uh, this as a competitive advantage. They see the the ethical deliberations we engage in uh, in the West or at least in the United States, is being a hindrance to science. And so they're going to look for a competitive advantage by you know, pursuing this work, regardless of the ethical questions. And this creates pressure on, on scientists in the U.S. to try to, to, to push hard to, to revise regulations to give them more freedom. So it's, right. it's just not a, a, a good cocktail. <laughs> No, it's not. I mean, look, no. we're already suffering through what, you know, we're presupposing happened in a lab in China, whether, you know, there's roots to that and truth or not. And, you know, it's a worldwide pandemic. So 
who knows to say, you know, once like Pandora's box is open, what will come our way in future generations? And and John, you made a good point yesterday when you were talking about Frankenstein, because it's not just about the end of the story about when the monster goes wrong, but it's also about the fact that there was something inside, you know, the scientist, you know, Frankenstein that made him want to do that. Dr. Frankenstein. And that that's the thing that we're still grappling with now. It's a, it's a story about human nature, right? Fuzz? What pride, ego, money. It is. And curiosity. You know, and, you know, this is, you know, you know, as human beings, you know, we're made in God's image. And and part of that is that we are creators and and, and we're compelled to create. And we've been granted dominion over over the earth. And and so we exercise that dominion. But we also, as Christians, recognize that human beings are sinful. And and that ability to create that uh, fact that we've been granted dominion coupled with our sinful nature and our lack of wisdom sometimes and our, and our folly really can produce uh, circumstances that and, and technologies that really are, you know, uh, again, not good that can be misused or have unintended consequences. So I'm into that. You know, the hey, biblical Fuzz, view- I'm sorry. We have to leave here right now, Fuzz, because we're up against the clock just as we get into the biblical view. But uh, Fuzz Reina from uh, Reasons to Believe, we're talking about chimera, chimeras, what they are, and uh, this coming new age of medical ethicists. Fuzz, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, last night, if you were fortunate, the pink moon was out. Uh, maybe this evening as well and in the next couple of months, too. Stick around. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima tax relief they have an a-plus rating with the better business bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible don't mess with the irs for tax help you need for tax help you can trust call optima now for a free consultation call 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 tax relief. some restrictions apply for complete details please visit optimataxrelief.com if you're a radio listener one thing i'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Ryan Vrack, Animalist Number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. 
Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Well, if you stepped outside last night uh, in the evening and uh, just looked up into the sky, you were certainly fortunate, blessed, because last night was the pink moon. Now, the the moon itself, of course, was not pink. The The moon could have appeared pink depending upon where you were due to the reflection of the spring flowers that bloom. And it's a weird thing to say. It's an even more weird thing to look up in the sky and think, how does that even happen? But it did happen here in Western Pennsylvania. Of course, now the full moon was last night. So the moon will will start to, to wane. But we are fortunate because this is the first of three super moons or full moons that will approach the Earth close to their nearest point in their monthly orbit. So last night and then, of course, the next two are super moons. So around 9.30, 10 o'clock last night, you walked outside. It was a gorgeous night last night. There was not a cloud in the sky, and there was the moon looking fabulous. Really? I think tonight, even though it is waning, you'll still probably get about 96 98% of that full moon effect. So if you get a chance, again, the skies are really relatively clear here, which is always unusual in western Pennsylvania. So do yourself a favor and uh, enjoy that moon. Kath? Do you um, track the moon? Like, is that something that's part of your daily reality? Uh, I have a calendar on the wall, which is Do a moon you? tracker. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I feel badly. I've got no connection with that. You don't ca- You don't care about that? No. It's not that I don't care. I do care. Well, maybe I don't care since I don't follow it, but I, I feel like that's something I should care about. Eh, I mean, again, I talked about this, you know, yesterday, my kid dragged me into this. This is what happens when you've got kids. They right. have interests that are yeah, not yeah, your yeah. own. Uh-huh. All of a sudden he's like going, talking about, and I'm going, sure, of course, it, you know, I'm trying to educate myself right. just to stay up with them and enjoy some father son time. So yeah. it, it, it became something that I cared about. It wasn't sure. something that I was yeah, <laughs> but you were like, in. Yeah, but you were an astronomy geek when you were a kid. To some, well, I was a space geek, not an that, astro- astronomy geek. Well, I'm, well, space happens in the astronomical universe. Yeah, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. I, I was more about, you know, the astronauts and the hardware and the launchings and the visiting. And, of course, the moon itself, especially the moon launch in 1969 forward. So, yeah, I, I guess to some degree. I don't think of myself as, you know, astronomically oriented. But I guess I do. it's true if you mm-hmm. talk about it. I'm just comparing myself to yourself. All right. Thank you. You come out there. 
Talking about uh, the five o'clock hour. What's coming up for us yeah, here? All right, in the, the five, five o'clock, o'clock hour, we're going to talk about the U.S. Census. They just released figures yesterday. The lowest increase in U.S. population since the 1930s. The what Depression. does that mean? What does that mean for the U.S. going forward? Mm-hmm. Also, which states states gained the most and lost the most? And of course, it's going to come back to politics because people are wondering, you know, who got what seat. Um, so we'll talk about that in the five o'clock hour. Also, what's the human stock market? We'll find out about that and um, a lot more ahead. Plus. This makes sense. Live on the channel, yeah. It's Bruce Christian Talk. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Fully vaccinated Americans don't need to wear masks outdoors anymore, and unvaccinated people can drop face coverings in some cases, too. However, CDC Director Dr. Robin Walensky says there are still some instances where masks are recommended even for fully vaccinated people. We continue to recommend masking in crowded outdoor settings and venues, such as packed stadiums and concerts, where there is decreased ability to maintain physical distance and where many unvaccinated people may also be present. That new guidance was announced today. Home prices in uh, February rose at the fastest pace in nearly seven years. The February S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index rose 11.9% from a year earlier. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 15 points, but the Nasdaq is down 38. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually... Selectquo makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Selectquote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010. Or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010. Or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. It's long. Over a thousand chapters. Over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God. One day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. McQueen Building Company. 
It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Light of Life's former CEO, Craig Schweiger's career has always revolved around home. From Federated Mortgage in Pittsburgh, providing mortgages for satisfied homeowners to bringing a new home for our city's homeless, Craig is now providing free education to seniors about reverse mortgages. Listen to Craig's show, Home is Where the Heart Is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday, Craig welcomes Jarrell Gilliam, Executive Director of Light of Life, plus shares trustworthy insight about reverse mortgages for seniors. Home is Where the Heart Is, Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be mild with a low of 63. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. Very warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon at a high of 84. Tomorrow night will be mild with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Low 60. A thick cloud cover Thursday with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, last March, April, May, as we were shutting down, the, uh, you know, the experts, put those in quotes, were saying, oh boy, there's going to be a big baby boom whenever this is all over. A big baby boom is headed our way. But uh, that baby boom never happened. As a matter of fact, things went in reverse. And um, the Census Bureau has been talking about this uh, as they released their newest figures. And uh, we're at a really low ebb in the creation of life. Uh, It's kind of weird, isn't it, Kath? Yep. It really is. And it's not just we're not we're talking specifically here about the United States. But the um, demographic of what's happening in Europe is the same. Western Europe is the same. Yeah. So for the first time since the 1930s, uh, the population has declined or really stayed, stayed flat. I mean, this is amazing. So you think what was going on in the 1930s, massive economic upheaval, right? I mean, how many people were unemployed, the, the rate of unemployment during the 1930s? The weird thing is, is that, of course, in the 1930s, birth control was not nearly as widespread as it is today. Sure, right. It just wasn't. Right. Right. So what happened really was super intentional in saying we're not going to have babies. Um, What does that say about society? Well, I mean, I think there are so I mean, people have written dissertations on this. So, you know, my my 60 seconds of commentary is not going to change anybody's world. But, you know, I think it's important for us to see that some of those shifts in prioritization um, have to do with the fact that women have more choices now that women are able to to work outside the home. Um, they're able to 
they have access to different areas of study and um, expertise and then a career path than, than they had before. And trying to combine a career with child rearing is very difficult. Um, I'd add that to the fact that um, the emphasis of the church has declined. And one of the reasons why, you know, I just why I love children is because I believe that there is a God who authors life and is is um, unbelievably um, inexhaustibly creative. And um, and so seeing new life come about is such a joy for anyone who believes in, in this type of God. And so for people who don't, you know, I think that's a perspective that they um, are missing, perhaps, you know, a joy that they're missing out on. I mean, I also accept the fact that people can make their own choices and some people, you know, don't want to have kids. And, you know, I get that. I just think that um, I think that a lot of our current American obsession with what we want when we want it is not compatible with parenting. Right. Okay. So, then as the Census Bureau released that once in a decade uh, report, there have been reappointment totals. This is a political issue in a very large way as well. Yeah. Uh, new congressional districts and electoral votes upon certain states are going to change while taking away from some and adding to others. Now, all told, seven districts will move from one state to another based upon those population shifts. So the gainers... Texas is going to receive two two added congressional districts, Colorado one, Florida one, Montana one, North Carolina one, Oregon one. The losers, shockingly so, California losing one, Illinois one, Michigan one, New York one, Ohio one, Pennsylvania one, and West Virginia one. Mm-hmm. This is a and, big deal. Yeah, and the way that's shaking out is that – Red states are gaining more power than blue states. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of that, you know, depends on how things go. I mean, a state like Pennsylvania went for Trump in 2016 and went for Biden in 2020. So, I mean, not every state is just an exclusive red state or an exclusive blue state, obviously. Um, however, I, I know that those numbers are worrisome to people who are on the blue side and think that, you know, you know, th- these types of, of demographic shifts that people are tired of living in, you know, snow capitals like we have, and they've moved to Texas and Florida are really going to change the electoral map. Yeah. So all told, five states will migrate from blue states to red ones, owing to population shifts. Of course, it's been long going on from the Rust Belt states to the Northeast and California to the South and other portions of the West. Also, five of the seven seats being added also go to states that are under complete GOP, GOP control of redistricting, which three of the seven states, yeah, three of the seven being well. taken yeah. away, coming from states in which Democrats have some measure of control over the maps. Yeah. It's like a chess game, isn't it? it yeah, it is a chess game. And you hate to, I mean, everything is going to have to come back to politics, right? But oh, that's yes. one of the reasons why we do a census, right? Is so that our-, our um, We're represented our le- clearly. Right, our legislative representation works. All right, let, let me enlarge the picture because I went on the onto um, the Financial Times website today to look at what they said about European uh, population decline. Listen to this. Um, the number of people working age between 20 and 64 peaked reached its highest point in Europe in 2010. Hmm. By 2035, there will be about 50 million fewer people of working age in Europe. How many? 50 million. Than in 2010. And if you go out 
so so if you take the math and go out some of the predictions are um that there could be 200 million fewer europeans in you know 16 17 years 200 million i mean it's really okay and so why is this happening again um parenting is inconvenient it really doesn't it get in the way of of what you want to do john it really gets in the way of what you want to do but that's how it's designed yeah my husband and i were just talking about this yesterday um I was at a family funeral yesterday for my cousin, uh, Scott Donald, who is just one of my favorite cousins, just a, a wonderfully uh, capable, funny. He was the kind of person my mom always called a scamp, like hmm. someone who was going to be in a conversation and was going to say the funny thing to make you laugh at the wrong right. time or get you in trouble. Uh, he was just such a delightful, delightful person. Um, but he's one of six children. My aunt had six kids. And she talked about how through the long years of his illness, how helpful his siblings were and how they were really able to um, to band together and to care for each other during, you know, all of those difficult days, especially at the end of his life. Hmm. And I think, you know, when we look at it as parents and we say, okay, am I going to have another baby? Am I going to have a baby at all? And you think, okay, what am I going to do about work? What am I going to do about childcare? I'm not saying those things don't matter. However, if you start to look at parenting as eliminating all of the inconveniences, then you're missing out on the whole point of what it's supposed to be. I mean, you're supposed to be changed. You're supposed to be matured. You're supposed to grow in wisdom. You're supposed to know more about God. Your faith is supposed to increase. All those things happen when you have children because it's so hard. It's supposed to be hard. (laughs) It is hard. And it is. And it does change you. I'm a better person because I'm a parent, right? There's no doubt about that. And not to say that, you know, you're throwing shade on people who can't or won't have children. Not at all. That's your individual choice. Not at all. But there are a lot of people in this study. I mean, millions and millions of people between the U.S. and Europe who have chosen not to have children. And I'm just saying that we're like these numbers are because of societal reasons and personal choices. Right. Okay, well, there's the news and the political fallout and the spiritual perspective uh, from uh, from us. We'll take a quick break. Hey, uh, this is weird. Um, creators, content creators, young kids would rather be a content creator and influencer than they'd rather be a doctor or uh, anything else. We'll talk about that next and what it is to own a content creator. 101.5 WORD. Christopher Yuan says we should be thinking biblically, not culturally, about our sexuality. The world is really saying your sexuality should delight you and it should define you. And I look at God's word and it's like, no, Christ should delight me. Christ should define me. Holy sexuality and the gospel. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. So I'd love to show you why using my dad and I's mortgage team and our direct lender advantage could be a big deal by comparing us to one of the greatest places on earth, our local butcher shop. Every time I walk in, they call me by name. The steaks are always fresh because they didn't use some middleman, which also means more value for my dollar. And they're always trying to do the little extras, like an extra pork chop. I'm Ryan, and I think you'll find that our mortgage team is similar. We're small enough to specifically know you and your case, but we're also an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. Susie from Underwriting is right down the hall, and she's pretty cool, despite being a Yankees fan. 
For you, this often allows us to work faster and get you a better rate, which can save you lifelong money. Our extra pork chop is that your appraisal fees are on us, up to $500. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Parents, do you want your child's shoes to fit perfectly? Then you need to get your kids Skechers Stretch Fit Shoes. Because Skechers Stretch Fit Shoes are so comfortable and so stretchy, they easily slip on and fit almost like a sock. Your child is constantly moving and constantly growing, so they need a shoe that moves with them. And Skechers Stretch Fit's soft, stretchable material contours to their busy feet. It's a perfect fit. And not only do they fit like a dream, they perform like one too. Skechers Stretch Fit keeps your child's feet comfortable all day long. With Skechers' exclusive air-cooled memory foam and a breathable stretch fit knit, your child will be cool and comfy whether playing, studying, or just hanging out. Plus, you'll love just how durable they are. Stretch Fit is designed to take everything your child can throw at them. And if they get dirty, just pop them in the washing machine. It's that easy. Give your kids perfect comfort that adjusts to them with Skechers Stretch Fit Shoes. Find them at a Skechers store near you, Skechers.com, or wherever kids' shoes are sold. Try by birthday parties, virtual weddings, in a world full of things you never thought possible, here's one more. Now you can get Allstate's quality insurance at an affordable rate. When you bundle your home and auto, you'll save up to 25%. With Allstate, you can lower your rates, not your expectations. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent for a quote today. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Savings vary. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company, and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. strange world do we not and you know of course uh, we are not of the age of the uh, the mainstream content creators whatever that may be but there are millions of people around the world who are creators influencers and those influencers have risen to such prominence that if you would talk to a, you know a 12 year old a 14 year old a 16 year old they'd go you know i don't really want to be a doctor i don't want to be a teacher i want to sit around and play video games all day long and i want to be paid for it Okay, well, that's the world that we live in. Now you add a whole other wrinkle to that about something called the human stock market. Well, Chris Martin is with us. Chris is content marketing editor at Moody Publishers, a social media marketing and communications consultant. He writes regularly in his Substack newsletter called Terms of Service. Here to talk to us about <laughs> the depravity of man, I would say. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Yeah, our pleasure. All right, Chris, I got to be honest with you. This is whack. I cannot get my head around the fact that this is a thing. Okay, so yeah, drill down into this, Chris. Talk about the creators and now a new sort of way for creators to make money and by doing so, being tangled up in other people's lives. Yeah, sure. So there's this whole environment today called uh, the creator economy. Um, it's really, it's hard to define, like it's kind of slippery and kind of amorphous and it's not this, this clearly defined boundaries of if, if you're doing this, you're in the creator economy and if you're doing this, you're not. Uh, but honestly, what, what we have on the internet is it's democratized everything. It's really flattened the field in an incredible number of ways. It, yeah. It's made a, a uh, expert out of anyone or at least a perceived expert out of anyone. Um, and, and more and more people are, are, 
creating careers out of being creators. And so they're writing newsletters like mine, or they are creating a YouTube channel about how to fix your car, all the different ways you can fix your cars up or things like that. Uh, that as you cited, there are uh, people playing video games and, and generating revenue through people uh, giving them money or selling merch and all kinds of things like this. Um, and so this is the creator economy where people use the internet to use their skill um, in various spaces, whether just as entertainers, you know, perhaps as comedians or video game players, or they use a talent they have, such as uh, drawing or, or being an artist in one way or another. And um, the more that people engage in this creator economy, the more they're finding ways to generate revenue by being creators. And one of the more creepy new ways this is happening is what uh, the, this company has called the human stock market, where people are selling the most mundane decisions of their lives off to their fans. And it's a really odd kind of trend that I think is honestly more significant in showing us where our attention goes as much as it is, yeah. as it is where our money goes. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Okay, so let's put this in into a like a real world context. So if you know, if yeah. we decided to do this, and if we had any number of fans that gave a care what we wore, right? So, you know, they so people who listen to the ride home could like decide what kind of t shirt I'm going to wear tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you had enough fans, and you signed up for one of these apps, one is called new new, and you could say, hey, I could wear this red t shirt, or I could wear this blue t shirt. Uh, you guys can buy votes, uh, which that money ultimately would go to you, Kathy, and that you could say, hey, you guys uh, buy votes and cast your votes, whether I wear this red T-shirt or this blue T-shirt. Oh, yeah. And then you would basically be allowing your fans to decide what sort of mundane decision that doesn't really matter to you. But then you could profit. Hey, you could make 20 bucks off of it or, or whatever. Right. right. And so I, then I could enlarge it because the fan following will just increase. And of course, my my uh, yes. personal income will increase. And then I could sell off, you know, uh, you all can decide what I'm going to eat for dinner tomorrow night. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of decisions like this can happen. And, I've, you know, I've had a few conversations about this on other radio programs with friends on podcasts. And it's easy to look at this and say, um, wow, this is really messed up. And in one degree, of course, I, I agree with that and I understand. Um, but if you have these creators who, you know, they're making a career out of being influencers on the Internet one way or another, uh, either with talent or entertainment or whatever else, and they're taking their skill and turning it into revenue in this way, you know, they're, they're taking the, the social Internet, our, our common social media platforms and making it into money um, and they're taking the attention they get and turning it into money. Is that, I mean, we look at that and say, man, that, this looks creepy. This looks foolish. But think about all of us. Think about, I don't know how much you guys use social media, but most Americans, about 72% of American adults use social media with some regularity. How many of us are just using social media to not even make real money, but just to get attention? Just to right. get yeah. those red notification bubbles point. that show up. So, so as we consider these things, we think, man, this sounds kind of silly. This sounds kind of foolish. Who's, we, have, we should ask ourselves, before we get too judgy, we should ask ourselves, who's the fool? Is the fool the influencer letting the color of their T-shirt be decided by people who pay them money to decide which one? Or is the fool those of us commoners who aren't making all kinds of money on social media? Are we the fool by letting people's likes or comments or shares of our content determine whether or not we have a good day? You know, and that, that's the reality yeah. of a lot of us yep. who use social media with any regularity is we're affected in those ways. 
Yes. Okay. So, Chris, talk about then the you know the rise of the influencer, right? Because, I mean, a lot of people are making a big money, and you get that, of course. But what about people? You know, look at the you know, if you if you were an influencer and you you didn't necessarily weren't interested in in the you know the, the cash value, but more about the connection value, right? I mean, there are people who do this. And that has as much roots or as much um, positivity, I think, probably than the money aspect. Can you can you go into that at all? Do you know what I'm getting at here? I mean, there are people who are doing good and noble things, and that sort of gets pushed to the side because you know the outrageousness of the content creator. That kind of what rises. That's what rises to the top. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think I think there are trem- there's tremendous value to using social media for good. Now, I don't think there are some in my space who work in social media and think about social media in the ways that I think about it that would say social media is a neutral tool like anything else, and you could use it for good or for ill. I, I used to think that. I disagree and think that because social media is man-made and inherent in man is sin, that we actually have baked sin into how social media works in a number of ways that we won't get into. But I do think that there are ways to redeem it and use it for good. I think that um, if you're, I think that all of us who have gifts, I mean, think about you guys and the work that you do, or this is what I try to do in the way that I steward my brain and my ability to write that God has given me. I think there are tremendous ways to use the gifts that God has given us and stewardship and steward them for good uh, on the internet in ways that are that would that would qualify you and I as influencers, even if we aren't using it in sort of like these predatory or kind of gross things that we would say are gross ways. I think there are tremendous ways that we could do that that are really valuable and good for the kingdom of God. But I think what we have to be aware of is our tendency towards sin and our tendency right. towards selfishness. And we have to realize that our default mode is always going to be toward pride and selfishness and that we should certainly set up systems of accountability or, or wise friends in our lives who can come alongside us and try to keep us on track. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Chris. And also our tendency toward narcissism might be the most, you know, uh, obvious thing about where we are in social media overall. Uh, we're talking to Chris Martin, content marketing editor at Moody Publishers. Uh, he writes regularly in his Substack newsletter, Terms of Service. Um, so, Chris, the, the narcissism part, I think, is what I... You know, you're talking about, you know, how many likes, you know, I get on my Twitter post or how many people, you know, like the video I uh, post on Facebook or whatever it is. But the thing you included in your article that jumped out at me was one recent survey you write showed that more kids want to be Internet influencers than want to be doctors, musicians, artists and other career aspirations traditionally held by children. So young people are seeing their favorite YouTube star, like you say, and say, well, you know, if he gets paid $10 million to sit there and play video games, then I could totally do that. And I want that to be my future. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways this can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I think, you know, when I was a kid, the number one thing I wanted to be is I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And the average kid today has as much of a chance to be a professional millionaire YouTuber as I had to be a professional baseball player when I was a kid. And so I think very much today, the modern kid, I mean, they, they, you know, more and more kids every day are are being either babysat by YouTube or having a healthy relationship watching YouTube because their parents have have given them that, uh, that privilege. And they're watching YouTube and like, man, this guy gets to like pull pranks on his friends and do goofy stuff all day. And I, and, you know, eventually they figure out, you mean he makes $10,000 a day, you know, because of ads and all these other things, they, they look at that. And I think, you know, 
is there a sort of insidiousness and problem problematic angle to this? Yeah, definitely. But I think uh, the reason a lot of kids want to be professional YouTubers is they see the dude perfect guys who are believers and they, you know, a lot of my, my nephews who are, who are big sports fans, look at these guys who do these trick shot basketball shots or whatever. Oh, sure. Right, right. And they're like, man, I, I'd love to do that for, for a living. And so I think there is a sort of innocence to this where they just see, you mean there are these people who are having tons of fun all day and they just get to make tons of money? Man, I definitely want to do that. And I, so I think there is, there is an insidious nature. There is a, a sort of innocent side. But I think the important thing is that, if, you know, not that there are kids listening, but for any parents listening, is it reinforced the reinforce that these YouTubers have a do a ton of work. It is not easy. They're working right. 80, 100 hours a week easily, right. and there's a lot more that goes into what they, than what they just see on the actual YouTube video. So I think, um, you know, there is a lot to be said to this. Some innocent, some insidious, but it is an interesting trend for sure. Yeah. It surely is. Okay, so that's a, it's an excellent point. So anybody who's interested in a higher level of, excellent, of excellence, I mean, there are a few people who are, you know, born with that great God-given talent. But for the large majority of people, to attain a higher level of creation that, or, you know, whatever it is that you're in, interested in, what you're saying is you've got to do those 10,000-plus hours. Right. I mean, right? It, it requires a lot of work and you know, what really started everything in this conversation when you talk about the human stock market is these creators, these content creators, the grind goes on so much that this is kind of like a side gig, that human stock market to create some more money on the side because it's just so hard to keep on going forward day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the biggest problems in the creator economy is burnout. I mean, because so many of these people, I mean, they're, they're basically uh, contract workers just working on their own. It's not like they, they work whatever hours they want, which means they end up working way more than the average 40, 60 hour a week employee of a company would. And so I think burnout is a huge problem that often goes overlooked. And, and I think this is why all of us who just use social media casually or however many, however many of us do that, we need to be aware of these own inclinations in our own hearts where maybe we're not professional influencers or professional creators, but we're monetizing our decisions about what we have for breakfast, whether we have yogurt or we have cereal. Um, but I think that a lot of what we see taking place in these kind of uh, fantastical stories of people monetizing every small decision they make in their lives, a lot of us are being uh, used by social media more than we use social media. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us simply don't realize that. Um, so I think, you know, yeah. simple things like turning notifications off and um, not being kind of baited into arguments on Facebook or things like that. I think um, a lot of us are acting more like influencers and are seeing more of the negative side effects of being a creator than maybe we realize. And I think the more we can realize the sort of uh, and recognize the toxic nature of the water we swim in, the better off we'll be. Wow, that's really, really good advice. Appreciate that. That's Chris Martin. Thanks, he wrote Chris. a great piece for the Gospel Coalition called The Human Stock Market is Here. He writes regularly at his Substack newsletter, Terms of Service. Chris, thank you for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, you as well. We'll take a quick break. Come back. It's our daily feature. Does this make sense? Probably not. That's next on The Ride Home with John and Kathy.
Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Copper based loans over $200,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If your mortgage rate is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could save you money and get you the cash you need with a cash out refi. Chances are your home has gained a ton of equity this past year. Turn that equity into cash to pay high interest credit card debt, do home improvements, or to put money away for a rainy day. Don't wait for interest rates to go up. The time to refi is now while rates are still low. Take cash out and get a low interest rate at the same time. Cash Call Mortgage may be able to lower your mortgage rate and get you cash from your home's equity. Call now and we'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees to save you more money. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by April 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Focus on the family is here to strengthen marriages. Do you think you and your spouse have what it takes to help us do that? We think you do. All the ups and downs, the mistakes, the conflicts, you've overcome them so you know there's hope. When you share that hope with others, you help Focus on the Family save marriages. Begin your journey as a Focus Marriage Mentor. Find out how at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash Marriage Mentors. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be mild with a low of 63. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, very warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon at a high of 84. Tomorrow night will be mild with periods of rain and a thunderstorm, low 60. A thick cloud cover Thursday with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. makes sense what makes sense the standing desk yeah i believe the standing desk makes good sense now the first time i ever heard about the standing desk john i think it was when donald rumsfeld was the secretary of defense yeah 
under G.W. Bush. That's and I, I believe that's that's when it first entered my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, you can do a standing dash, uh, desk like with a treadmill or a bicycle, right? There's all these sort of mm-hmm. variations with, within that. Uh, everybody knows what well, everybody knows. I mean, it, it's common knowledge. Well, it's kind of common knowledge. The more that you sit, <laughs> the more you sit, the, yeah. the worse it is for your health. Yeah. Common knowledge, yeah. right? So if you're at your desk all day long, you need to get up and move around. Otherwise, you just turn into a, you know, a flabby sort of bent over gelatinous mess. So a, wow. um, a stand-up desk, <laughs> yeah, stand-up desk m- might help to avoid some of that. Okay. Well, I think it was back in November I decided I didn't want to be a gelatinous mess to yeah. use John's qualifications. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I have been using a standing desk since November. And? I'm, I'm at one right now. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, it, it it was hard for me to get used to. Yeah. It took me at least a month to really get used to it. I'm like, my feet hurt, my knees hurt. I felt like my back, I was just, it was hard to get used to. Mm -hmm. But now that I've done it all this time, I don't want to go back. Like, it's just really, I, I, the the standing desk to me totally makes, I have a little boogie board here that if you're watching the show on Facebook right now, you can see, you know, to kind of, you know, it helps you to lose, use different muscles while you stand. Anyway, I, I think it totally makes sense. Very nice. Okay. Pro standing desk from Kathy Emmons. Okay. I revisited this, but I have to revisit it again. So. Does cutting your grass make sense? Now, not before I have a standing agreement with my son. I cut the back. I cut the backyard. He okay. cuts the front yard. We're coming by the house the other day, and I go, "Hey, man, you got to cut that grass." He said to me, "This is what he said, Dad. How can you be tied to a 1950s aesthetic? That cutting grass is not bothering wow. anyone. That is what? old school. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking at that grass. Nobody's casting aspersions." It's fine. The birds like it. It's better for the environment. You're not wasting time, energy, and money. So just let the gas, grass grow. He stopped me cold in my tracks. But order and reason, the aesthetic of neatness, of clean. What about responsibility angles. to your neighbors? Yes, I agree. So to me, cutting your grass makes sense. To some people, tied to a 50s aesthetic trying to smack the old man down. I don't know about that. It makes sense to me. These kids today, oh, they want to be content creators. That doesn't make any sense. 101.5 WORD. Matthew West is bringing all of his friends to your house. Salem Media Group, in partnership with 48 Live, presents West Friends Fest, May 7th through 9th, on your TV or computer. With Micah Tyler, Austin French, I Am Day, and more. West Friends Fest, at your house, May 7th through 9th. Get details and tickets now at wordfm.com slash west. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. 
A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Train up a child in the way he should go. Dr. Christian Smith is with us. Dr. Smith is professor of sociology at the University of Notre Dame. He is the author of more than 20 books, many about the religious and spiritual lives of American teenagers and emerging adults. He wrote a wonderful piece at the magazine First Things called Keeping the Faith. And Dr. Christian Smith, here to talk to us about that today. Dr. Smith, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. Yeah, yeah, good. Our pleasure. Ha- happy to have you here. Uh, Christian, I know you've spent more than two decades uh, researching the religious and spiritual lives of, of um, adolescents in America and, you know, people who are soon to become adults. Um, but you've recently turned your attention to study uh, religious parenting, which is fascinating to both John and I, and of course, to a large segment of our listeners. And um, th- this article you've written from First Things Keeping the Faith is really has so many interesting uh, segments. I'm sure we're not going to be able to even get to half of them. But um, you start out by saying that a Among all possible influences, parents exert far and away the greatest influence on their children's religious outcome. Tell us about that. Yeah, when we first started studying teenagers, we didn't know what would affect, uh, from a human point of view, what would affect their religious outcomes. And we were somewhat surprised that, although we shouldn't have been, that parents are uh, the most important, uh, like, sociological predictors of how their children are going to turn out religiously, not youth group not mission trips, not anything else. It's parents. And if you step back and think about it, that makes total sense. Kids spend lots of time with their parents. 
parents are modeling for their children, uh, you know, what, what they believe, how they want to live, what they value, and so on. And that has an impact over time in a way that I think a lot of parents don't actually realize. It's not that parents have total control and can determine it. We all know that. But parents really matter a lot. Right. Okay, so parents, of course, in charge of walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about the, the parenting style that, you know, uh, especially in a, a more modern day and age, a lot of parents just, you know, they're not interested. Uh, they just uh, want to sleep in on Sunday mornings. Uh, of course, you know, to the peril of their own child's life. Talk about that, about parenting style and how important that is. Yeah, there are different ways that parents go about relating to their children. And um, the first it has to do with how um, strict they are with their children, how much they sort of put down policies and enforce them, how much they have expectations and demands of their kids. The second part is how warm emotionally they are with their kids, how connected they are, uh, how much their kids know they love them, how much they will be there unconditionally. And the parents who are most effective at forming their kids the way they are and the way they want them to be are those that are have high expectations, high demand combined, with a lot of warmth, a lot of affection, a lot of unconditional love. And the other types, that's what's called authoritative. The other types, if you have parents who are super high demand, super high expectations, but are cold, that's authoritarian. And that's kids, kids with authoritarian parents are going to be less likely than kids with authoritative parents to be shaped by them, to want to follow them, to want to adopt their values. So it's not just how religious practicing and consistent parents are. It's also the general style that they have toward their children also influences this. And that actually works for uh, non-religious parents, non-religious parents and atheist parents who are authoritative um, are also most, more likely than, than other non-religious parents to turn out kids that are uh, non-religious. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so it's important to it's important to not check out from kids and just let them do what they want. And it's also important to remain, you know, close to them, uh, warm, effective ties with them and not just get distanced. Yeah. Dr. Christian Smith with us, professor of sociology at the University of Notre Dame and the author of more than 20 books, many about the religious and spiritual lives of American teenagers and emerging adults. We're talking about his article in the latest first things. Um, uh, Christian, I, I want to maybe bring up a, a personal example because I think it probably illustrates one of the things you're talking about. Um, but it, it, it was a, a period of tension in, in my own personal family. When my, we have, I have two daughters, my husband and I do, and they're both in college. But when they were younger, I, I'd say all the way up until they were maybe in high school, my husband and I had a lot of tension and uh, difference of opinion and how we should discipline them. And my mm-hmm. husband was much more concerned with them having structure. And he was, he was much more um, authority driven than I was. And I was like the soft one. Oh, you're being too hard on them, honey. How could you do that? You know, they're really trying, whatever. And, um, Mm -hmm. and of course, the reason I'm bringing it up is I'm happy to say that we were able to resolve that over many years of talking about it. But now that my kids are older, I really see and I've told him this personally, so it's not like I'm, you know, breaking big news on the radio, but I've told him personally, his, his mixture of having authority and being loving at the same time, I think has has created our daughters to be the way they are. And me fighting back about that for so many years, I mean, obviously wasn't helping my relationship with him, but it also wasn't helping my kids. 
Yeah. Now, um, sometimes, especially in our culture, we think, well, kids are so independent and they have their peers. Just let them be what they're going to be. And a lot of parents that I've come across have this impression that once their kids turn 12 or 13, their influence on them declines. It's actually not the case. It declines compared to what it was before, but Mm -hmm. it's still really uh, very powerful on teenagers all the way up into their 20s what their parents are toward them and what kind of relationships they have. So it it really matters sort of the parental input and sticking with it and continuing to act like parents, but good parents, responsible parents, loving parents, but also parents with expectations and standards and rules. That matters for uh, teenagers. We know that toddlers, you know, sometimes they lose control and all they need is to sort of be sat upon and sort of have have some, some parameters put down and then they settle down. I'm not saying teenagers are toddlers, but there's a similar dynamic. Like teenagers, there's so so little structure in some ways in life that for them to know, okay, here's what the expectation is, here are the consequences, it actually helps them. That's interesting. Okay, so Chris, in your article, I was really happy to read this because, of course, Kath and I make our livings as talk show hosts on a Christian radio station. And at dinner time, we routinely Mm -hmm. talk about religion in mm-hmm. all its various mm-hmm. forms. Oh, yeah. And so you're saying if you talk routinely about religion, your children are going to pick up on that and will also embed them deeper in their faith life. Yeah, in our survey, we asked lots and lots of questions about how religion operates in the home. And the one thing, no matter how we analyze it, that came out as the str- super strong factor was in differences between families is those families where religion is talked about during the week as sort of a normal, everyday part of life, those are the kids that go on to be much more religious. So, which to say that negatively, when religion is something that happens on Sunday morning or Saturday morning or whatever, and then it's sort of it's compartmentalized, disappeared for the rest of the week, the mm-hmm. kids learn, well, that's just a little piece of life. It's like the club we belong to, but it's not central. It's not crucial to who we are. And so really parents who talk to their kids, um, not preaching, but just as a matter of natural conversation, it's a huge difference in outcomes. About what they believe, why they believe it, what the consequence, you know, why it's important to them. Now, I thought it was, uh, I I circled this in the First Things article, the term you used, it's not compartmentalized to certain slots Mm -hmm. of the week. I really appreciated that because, of course, that's what we should be going for in our Christian life anyway, you know, is, is, is getting God out of the Sunday compartment or the Wednesday night, whatever compartment you have him in and realizing that he's Lord of everything um, in your life and in the universe. And so being able to talk to your kids about that type of understanding, maybe that you don't even have yet, but that you're growing into, I can imagine Mm -hmm. how much of an impact that would be. Yeah, the difference is, I mean, what really matters for kids is who fundamentally are we? Like, what are we committed to? Who, what kind of people are we? What is our life grounded on? And if, you, if, if religion is something you talk about, it's a natural part of life, that communicates the importance of that. If it's compartmentalized, then what it communicates is it's kind of an optional lifestyle accessory. Mm, yeah. You know, my parents happen to do this, but maybe I'll grow up and I won't be interested. And you can sort of you can sort of plug in and out of it. It's a totally different understanding of what Christian faith even is to begin with. That's good. Okay, so then go a little further. I should say we're, we're talking with Christian Smith from Notre Dame, where he's a professor of uh, theology, sociology. What about the idea, Chris, of graduating from religion? Okay, so, you know, you're done with high school or you're done with college, and that's it. You, we don't have to talk about this anymore. You're on your own. Maybe, you've, you know, you're, you found a church and you're good to go. You're saying, you yes. know, th- th- 
yeah, go into that. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of religions, including, let's say, Catholicism, has uh, various rites of passages or sacraments that are intended to be formative of, of, from infancy, uh, growing up and being drawn into the life of the Church. Um, and, and, and many parents really want their kids to participate in that, to be educated in that, and to accomplish that. But sometimes, the, or maybe more than sometimes, um, the kids don't really want to do it, so it becomes kind of a bargaining or a power game, like, am I really going to do this? And then it can devolve into, well, just just do it for me. Or the kid or the teenager will say, it's really important to my parents, I'm just going to do it for them. And it, it ends up having a sense of a graduation ceremony, like I finally fulfilled, mm. I've checked all the boxes, right. and now, I can, now I'm done with that. Rather than a to- the totally opposite approach, which is this, these are all steps toward a deepening involvement in life of faith in the church. So it's, I'm not saying parents have total control over that, because again, the children, are, especially teenagers, they have their own minds, they have their own wills. But I think it's very important as much as possible to avoid setting up and the conversation so that it gets framed as just do this and then you'll be done, because that's the graduation ceremony and that's the exit door. That's good. Um, Christian, what about, uh, so from the very beginning of your article and first things, you talk about the fact that, you know, parents have the greatest influence um, in in determining whether their children are going to end up um, in in a faith-filled situation. It's not uh, determinative. It's not like every parent, it's not like, uh, you know, A plus B equals C. It's it's not uh, a math equation. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not a guarantee. Um, I've seen that in my own family over and over again. Um, but um, parents are the most important thing. Now, by saying parents are the most important thing and have the greatest impact, you're not saying that there are other things that don't have impact, like youth group yeah. or like, you know, a Christian school or whatever it is. Now, you talk about what channeling means. Can you kind of define that for us and just show what that might look like? Yeah, parents who are very intentional about forming their kids in the faith um, look out for opportunities. It's called it's social scientists call it channeling, which is kind of steering. It's not forcing, but it's it's not hands off. It's it's kind of steering children, encouraging children, making connections for their kids. Uh, and, and kids can be channeled into a religious school if that would be good, or 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 a youth group, or uh, into the right. Sometimes channeling is just encouraging children to have these friends and not those friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, to, or to go to this activity or that sleepover, wh- whatever it is, it's, it reflects an intentionality and a parents being tuned in to what are the various influences in children's lives and which are going to be good for them and which probably aren't that kids may or may not be aware of. And so, again, it's not coercive, but it's intentional and it, it, it's an influence. Um, that's that. a way that, yeah, go ahead. That's a way that no, parents. I I mean, Chris, that intentionality is key for everything, yeah. right? And especially uh, in this really weird world we're living in, the intentionality of presenting religious faith, uh, I, I really, that's key for me in this whole conversation. Hey, Chris, we're sorry, we're out of town, we're out of time, but uh, really excellent article in First Things, Keeping the Faith. Thanks for being with us here today. Thank you very much. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Keeping the faith. Dr. Christopher Smith from Notre Dame. It's in First Things. The intentionality of presenting and allowing your child to to grow in religious.
Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia from The Spring House, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will bound inside to go along with that tasty tender chicken. When I was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds, all my mom wanted for Mother's Day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests. So bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm fresh meal that we started all those years ago. Oh yeah, live music and free cones for moms too. Let us share a little of our farm with you. The Spring House in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the Cine Annual Sale now. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Over 1,200 acts of violence occurred in churches last year. It's likely that churches will continue to be targets for crisis events. Is your church prepared to respond? Your church can know how to prepare and can also know how to biblically respond to whatever crisis your church encounters. The world is watching us. Learn how to redeem crisis events with a powerful Christian response through online training at christianemergencynetwork.org christianemergencynetwork.org Today would have been the 100th birthday of theologian John Stott, who died in 2011 at the age of 90. Uh, John Stott's the author of so many works, um, probably the most formative being Basic Christianity, but so many other things like Why I'm a Christian, The Radical Disciple, Cross of Christ. Uh, My favorite of his books is just the littlest, tiniest one, Your Mind Matters, um, which just totally changed my perspective on studying different disciplines when I was in college. Um, Anyway, uh, to honor John Stott today, um, I have a friend, Kelly, who's also a listener to the show, who has a wonderful personal experience with John Stott, and I want to share it with you today. Uh, This is what she writes. She said, John Stott was the keynote speaker in Pittsburgh at the Jubilee Conference in February of 1989. Wow. It was the week that my husband and I got engaged. Who sits with a dumb, immature young couple and shares a hot fudge Sunday with them at McDonald's of all places nice. right there at the point, who is a world-renowned speaker and author, John Stott. 
who then prays for them and wants to get to know them right there at the McDonald's, who writes a letter to them that they received the week of their wedding in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Who does that? His letter to us said this, quote, I wish I could be at your wedding. I have put August 19th firmly marked on my calendar, and you may be sure I will be thinking of you and praying for you on your great day. I pray that God will so strongly and deeply unite you in Christ that he's able to use you more as a couple than he could when you were two singles. And during your honeymoon, treat each other to a McDonald's Sunday and send me the bill or (laughs) come to the London Institute one day and I'll treat you both there. With love to you both, your Uncle John. Fabulous. Wow. That's, that's a good man. Kind of, that's the kind of guy that John mm-hmm. Stott was. The author of Your Mind Matters and yeah. many other fine and works. Basic Christianity and why I'm a Christian and terrific man. Great influence. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.